want a love for Christmas There is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you for my own More than you could ever know Make my wish come true Christmas is you. Thanks for joining us on the sidewalk. That was beautiful, Javon, for our vocal stylings of the season. Thank you, Javon Walker. I am Craig Seidenschwartz, and we have a special episode of Sidewalk today. Our guest is my beautiful wife, Holly. Hello, everyone. <laughs> the, the professional uh, voice actress Holly and uh, wrong, not true. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. You, you may remember that voice from uh, WSOU from back in the days of Seton Hall. Uh, so we we have a very special episode today. We're we're gonna get back to all I want for Christmas for sure. But we wanted to set the tone and let you know that this is our mental masturbation episode where we want to talk about life, the universe, and everything. There are no wrong answers. There are no answers at all. It's just what ifs. Enjoy the ride. Perfect, perfect segue, Craig. Um, you know, we've we've thought about so much uh, over our lifespan and just we question ourselves about is this what life is? Uh, is this what we're predetermined to do? Do you know? Do we have control over what happens to us? And I know that it was um, your wife's idea and thoughts of like this episode. So we definitely had to do it, and we had to have Holly on. So I'm curious. I'm just going to throw the mic to uh, to Holly and just ask. You know, as George Harrison uh, put or ask, what is life? <laughs> you mean Rush? No. Um, we had that whole conversation before starting the actual podcast. Um, look it up, people. What is life? George Harrison and Limelight Rush. It's the same song. No, it's not. It's not true. <laughs> George um, Harrison already went through that debacle. So let's not dig up his grave. To <laughs> Hey, wait, we forgot to sue you for this one. <laughs> He's a Beatles, so he'll always be classic. But uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, that's a great question, Javon. Um, life and everything in it. Well, we all know the answer is 42. Excellent. So there's that. Callback um, call call for our loyal listeners. Callbacks for the Jackie loyal. Robinson? He's a meaning of life? Maybe. You know what? <laughs> Why not? It, it, we, we, 42 has been out there for this long, right? But yet 42 set the tone for progression in this country. <gasps> oh, man. Just, you know what? Just say it. <laughs> you know what? That's a hard callback. Ooh, callbacks. This episode is callbacks. But no, that's a great... I never even thought about that, that so, Jackie Robinson was 42. 42 is the meaning of life. And there's been like how much Jackie Robinson changed baseball. Not just baseball, but sports altogether. Yeah. And the mindsets in this country. Yeah. You know, I think what, what we're going to learn for, through the course of this episode is everything is connected. And, and when, you know, when, when you really break down life and the universe, uh, 
the only answer we have is that we don't know the answers. So it's fun to just think about what else, what else could there be? Let, let's, let's figure out what it could be. Right. I agree. Well, I was, I was saying before too, um, talking about what is life or what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose is, uh, Craig, his cousin, RJ and I were talking last night and we were having a conversation about, it always comes back to music with us. Shock, right? Is anybody shocked? No. Um, but having this conversation, we were talking about the meaning, the purpose, just what music that used to influence us that no longer necessarily influences us, but it influenced our life at the time and it helped shape who we are. I realized, that sounds so cheesy, but in the moment I realized that for me at least, the meaning of life is music. Wow. Mm. It's okay. it's wiggly air airwaves. I just <laughs> thoroughly enjoy it. It it's impactful and it means a lot. I I don't know what it is. It speaks to my soul yeah. or whatever essence is. It's just it's so it's so different. I don't know. I don't how do you feel about it? Do you feel that way or Well, considering the the season you know, I think the meaning of life right now is that I believe all I want for Christmas is possibly Mariah Carey's biggest hit. Like, you know, compare, comparing between her Christmas song and her hits of like, We Belong Together, our fucking like 95 album, Daydream, uh, Always Be My Baby, Fantasy, the do, fantasy do, do, remix. Do. It's like, <laughs> it, it, it uh, it's hard to even it's hard to argue and come out with like a result because it's a go-to song for the Christmas like festivity season and mm-hmm. her biggest hits like made or sustained her career. All over for Christmas is just a hugely popular song that you I think any average person would put it in the top 5 or top 3 of like best Christmas songs ever. Oh, for sure. I think that they did like a whole list and that one was like top of the list. Wow. So, but you have Mariah Carey, who is a legendary artist in her own right, in the songs that she put out in the 90s and the early 2000s, and her fans that grew over that time period and know her for that, but yet she transcended that once you get to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Christmas has that effect on music, culture, this country, that Christmas music is its own genre. It doesn't matter the style of the song. It's Christmas music is the genre. So she literally immortalized herself by creating one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. So she will be known for a time period as a music legend, but she's iconicized in history like uh, like Nat King Cole. Yeah, right, right, right. So Nat King Cole was a big artist of his time, but he's known for... Chestnuts. Chestnuts roasting. <laughs> wait, it wasn't Nat King Cole was chestnuts roasting on an. Wait, didn't he do? Oh, no, he did like a whole album. I'm just having my moment. I like him when he sings "Oh Tannenbaum." Okay, so <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't need this. I'm sorry for assuming you're Nat King Cole. <laughs> Is that, did you just assume my Nat King Cole? No, but that's yeah. I mean, Mariah Carey. She has trans. She has. She is one of the few artists I feel like has. She has these phenomenal songs, right? Yeah. Great. Always, you'll always be my baby. You know, fantasy, all that stuff, right? Great artists, but due to the fact that she wrote, she wrote all I want for Christmas. 
um, there's two artists on that, and she 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 was one of the ones that wrote it. I still am like I have mad respect for her in that regard. But um, she wrote it, she produced it, she sang it. I mean, she's one of the few artists that actually is transcending just being an artist. Now she is forever immortalized as a Christmas goddess. <laughs> Guru, so, like yeah. why? Why Christmas? Why? Why? Why does that make it eternal? Is is it the vibes it, it pushes out? I all right. Is it is it the sound that everyone everyone can identify regardless of the genre? Is it? I I I think the reason is because it's so tough to have a successful Christmas song or Christmas album. Like people, like musicians, 20, 30, 40 years ago, they would put out Christmas. Well, I would say probably twenty years ago, but like they put out Christmas albums to just do it. Didn't mean it was going to be mm -hmm. successful or not. For that shit, the pop, like, you don't see memes about Christmas songs from any other artist. Like, you see memes, it's like, you know what time it is the first time you hear All I Want for Christmas, like, in retail. Or you don't see that for any other, like, no, musical artist. No, you'll see, like, the memes that are, like, Michael Buble comes out of his cave. Out of it, you know, so, you know, he's defrosting from his cave. But, you know, right, like, let's think about that. Like, Harry Connick Jr. and Michael Buble and all these people that, like, now you associate with Christmas, right? Yeah. They had great albums. I have the Michael Buble album. Get at me. At me, people. I don't care. It's good. Um, I don't care. Um, it's good but the thing is it's not like he's he's going to transcend into the christmas realm or genre of that like immortalized like dean martin and yeah. and bing crosby and stuff That's like right. it's right i don't know like mariah carey has solidified herself as like somebody who will forever be yeah known in the Christmas. And I honestly think it's the good vibes that that song, I mean, everyone's like, da 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 Like everybody, you know? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone's like, da 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 so, right. so there's certain musical tones that just connect you immediately to the, to your core being, to, to part of your DNA structure and what makes up humans and humanity is just music is a part of us. It's those wavy vibes in the air that that's that's part of the universe. Yeah. So yeah. the shared universe that is. Shameless <laughs> <laughs> plug. <laughs> Touche, Craig. Touche. Uh, so yeah. Like I like I was saying before, um, the older that you get, the more you question life, your place in life, you know, what you do every day, how everything is connected. And so we just wanted to give you a non-biased, you know, critical way of for you to assess you know the meaning of life and like what your what your place in it is um whether it's predetermined whether you decide life for yourself what like what are what are your thoughts on how life works out for us do you think you decide how it is or do you think everything is already written in place and you're just well we're all pieces in a like big chess Simulation. game yeah <laughs> interesting mm -hmm. so what you're asking is do you believe in religion or not? Is everything predetermined, which I feel is a uh, kind of a stance in religion. Here, here's a book that tells you the rules on how to live versus <laughs> it, it, it is everything just an accident and we're here trying to figure it all out for ourselves and answer our own questions. So so go into that simulation. Well, Let's enter the matrix. Enter the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because that's when you enter the matrix. That's the that's sound. The sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that one of the big 
theories. I, you know, there's, but that's the thing. There are so many theories, and that's the other thing about. I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole with conspiracy theories. Love them. Love them. Uh, do I be- actually believe them? Not really. I just enjoy that people genuinely believe it or come up with these theories and have enough time where they're like, no, this was an inside job and aliens put this monolith in the middle of a desert and then moved it. And it's, you and know, now we can order from McDonald's from the monolith. <laughs> and <laughs> I want a Big Mac. Um <laughs> It's just, you know, when people believe these, look, you're you're entitled to it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's right. right. But I do enjoy hearing people's theories about it. And one that has resonated with me and that I've read a lot on is the simulation theory that we are in a simulation. Uh, and and essentially, we don't have free will. Um, we don't have f- free thought. Uh, everything is essentially kind of predetermined by, you know, I don't know if it's ones or zeros or it's a large computer. I don't. That's the thing that's kind of hazy. And some some uh, physicists, doctors, all these like are, are comp- trying to figure out exactly what the simulation is. Basically, in all the papers that I've read, it goes, we don't know. So yeah, you sent me an article, which was yeah. brilliant. It was literally scientists have proven. Wow. It, it, th- thank you, Ming, for pulling that up. Do we live in a simulation? Chances are about 50-50, which they scientifically proved that it's either or, which basically comes down to mathematically, we don't know. Yeah, I was just like, uh, wow, d- don't that's know something that that's something like I, I'm going to go out on a limb. TLDR. Don't know. I'm going to go out. On, I'm going to go out on a limb and say if before all the scientific research was even like thought of and done and conducted and we didn't know for them to get up to 50 percent and say we still don't know i might take that simulation because it's like you just like we didn't know a thousand years ago you've done research throughout this time period and you say it's a 50 50 percent chance that you don't know what we do know i might just take those i might just take those odds i was that's what i I mean what that's a great those are great odds i mean (laughs) they're also (laughs) terrible odds that's the best part that's the best part about 50 50. it's good and it's bad what is it i'll stay Um, I too like to live dangerously. I think I would, you know, but that's the thing, like seeing the 50-50%, you know, you can kind of go either way, but, you know, reading about it and listening to podcasts and, and people, you know, talking about the simulation. I'm like, I could, I could buy this, you know, like I could, there are things where, I mean, there's tons of conspiracies, but, and you could probably create one, like I could probably create one on the spot if we, you know, we could probably create one on the spot if we really wanted uh, so to. So we have a goal for this episode. <laughs> yeah. so, so how does it go from being a conspiracy theory to a 50-50 possibility of existence? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think there's at, at its core of this simulation, it's just a new wave, modern you know, IT way of looking at religion. When when it comes down to it, how is simul- being in a simulation any different from Christianity? There is a being who created life on this planet, and it's and it, it's it's being acted out for us. It, it's literally Christianity. It's it's a essentially. I've thought about this. Like, if you believe in this simulation, if there is somebody on the other end putting this together or something on the other end, putting this all together, plugging it in, maybe we're ones and zeros, whatever the case is, that is God, right? Like what's the difference between saying that that 
you know, there's a a white man with a big beard in the sky as a like what's it's the same thing as saying it's whoever the creator is. Yeah, outside of the dimension that we're familiar with, there's something creating it for us that put us here. Some yes. someone that put us here. You just hope it's not like some stoner in some like other universe who's like eating hot dogs and you meet them and you're like, you're the you you're the <laughs> one. You're it's the, you. It's this is you. Open your mind up, baby. <laughs> And he's like, ah, shit, I didn't even know. Sorry, bro. Like, Fuck, that actually worked? Damn. <laughs> My God, yeah, this is it. This is as good as it gets. And you're like, what? We're, we're just an experiment in, in a test tube. That's all we are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, look, we're, we're made up of particles and atoms, right? Those, those particles and atoms are what? It's essentially a microscopic sol, sol, solar system. <laughs> it's, you know, a nucleus that, that has electrons and and Neutrons, protons, neutrons, neutrons, protons, yeah. yeah, yeah. Protons are positive, but, but protons are negative. <laughs> what about? Sorry, I learned that in eighth grade. All right. <laughs> thank, thank you, teacher. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, so the makeup of all matter in our existence is literally a solar system. So our solar system that we're living inside of, it, with all the space in the universe between them, could be just particles that make up a. a a universal body that's outside like what is outside our universe well we don't know because it's, it's our universe but it what if it's just cells inside the bloodstream of a celestial being and where does it stop right yeah. so so i always bring this up when i'm talking about like existential stuff like this and do you both remember men in black i was gonna I bring that the, the, the keychain? Yeah, the, the ending. Yeah. Oh, the the okay. ending. So like what? So yeah, at the end, the keychain, right? the, from the from cat, the cat, the collar. Yeah. Correct. Yes. I, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> We're so connected. <laughs> Everything's connected. Oh, so for yeah. so so for those that uh, might be if you're remembering the ending of Men in Black. So it takes place where the cat that was like the the, the it was holding the, the belt of Orion on its neck and the camera went into the belt of Orion and it saw it was like the Milky Way galaxy. So I believe that it goes into that Milky Way and then it notices that there are other galaxies and the other galaxies when you're looking on the outer spectrum is that there are like marbles. Every galaxy is an independent marble and it's being handled and like a marbles game by a being that is playing the marble game and it picks up the Milky Way galaxy and it puts it into a bag of marbles, which means that, you know, we think that we live on one planet that's part of a galaxy. The galaxy opens up to somewhere else and then it just keeps opening, opening, opening. Where does it end? And are we being watched? Are we being, um, you know, just monitored by it being outside of us? And can we go the other way as well? Can we go back into our universe and then into the particles that make us make up us? And on one of those electrons in, in that atom inside our bloodstream, is there a planet with conscious beings that set up their own technology and are sitting at a table recording something on microphones in their universe, wondering what's outside of them? It can go infinitely in either direction. Conspiracy theory. Here's <laughs> okay. I, I hope I don't bring this down a rabbit hole. I really hope. I, I hope you do. do. <laughs> That's why we're married. I was just gonna say this is why we're married, ladies and gentlemen. So what? So what? You're what you just brought up. 
can I parallel it to the episode of Futurama? It's one of my favorite episodes of Futurama. You can where, always bring up Futurama. <laughs> me, baby. <laughs> the alternate universe. You remember where they were They were jumping into the, boxes, the box? The yes. boxes. Yes. Oh, you it's, made me watch that episode. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm a Simpsons fan, just for reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never really got into Futurama. Big Simpsons fan. So, Grenning, love you. Hey, he's the creator. He is the creator. Is the creator. <laughs> but wait, didn't I say that? What if Matt Grenning was the creator of all of the universe? Because we talked. To, oh, that's a rabbit hole. Sorry. Yeah, we. I gotta send you that link. The, uh, the ten times that Futurama predicted the f- the wow. future, really? and, because the Simpsons are known for predicting crazy things. But like Futurama did it on another scale as well. So it was like wow. I I told you I was gonna send you that. We'll have to do that. But anyone, okay. check that out. Okay. <laughs> But so that that's why Matt Grenning is the creator. He just knows everything. So he, he inserted himself into the simulation for our, our benefit. And he's trying to guide us, but we're not listening. We're doing a bad way, bad way of listening. But I digress. Go ahead, Javon. So, um, yeah, no, it, it comes back to that. You know, could we live in a universe? Could we live in a system where we are being monitored, not by a religious figure, but maybe uh a crazy I'm, scientist. A crazy scientist. It's possible. I mean, a crazy Good scientist. Good news, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Professor. Um, yeah, no. Can we be monitored by not like a non-religious figure? Not not by not by God, not by Allah, not by, um, you know, some other religions like celestial being. It could be by a person. It could be by a being that's just not religious. So you brought up when, when we were prepping this episode, uh, Greek mythology. Yes. So the gods came down and influenced us, and then they went back up to their Olympus fluffy white cloud, and Zeus is the creator and everything. Um, But what if Zeus was not a god? What if he was a man in another uh, dimension or another universe or the the higher level uh, looking into a microscope, and he's just a scientist, and that's what, like, the... What was your reference? Um... Literally, he looks into like a globe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They, they like. I think all the whether it's Zeus or it's whether all the gods they look into, they look at the globe and they see how everything is going in Athens or whatever, whatever city is there, um, and they just monitor the people's activity. Anything, I guess, anything that seems wrong, then they'll intervene. It's kind of like divine intervention, right? Right. Essentially, or, or like Odysseus. Like if you re- if you if you read or watched the Odyssey, so where good. You see life playing out as it seems to be maybe that simulation holy shit you just like kind of blew my mind on this hey. like the odyssey is essentially confirming um simulation to a degree because if you watch or read the odyssey you'll see that odysseus is just playing out life and some this fucker does not die like he's had like 10 instances like brushes with death and he just doesn't die and that's because of divine intervention which if you go by that, it would confirm that we are being watched and monitored and maybe things happen for us to be on the right track. You know, people, they get on the wrong track. But um, if there is a sense that there is intervention from a celestial or divine being, then it looks like it's all predetermined to an, to an extent. So, so we, we define things that we don't understand as magical and and otherworldly and godlike but what if we're just fish in a fish tank and those are larger beings that are watching down on us correct like the episode of the simpsons where in the tree of sahara right where lisa creates the project where she has the little um beings and she's in charge that's kind of like um what's that story um with the big guy 
They're all big guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gull- Gulliver's Travels. Oh yeah, 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 like that sort of thing. Where um, it's, I think that was a mock on that type of thing. I w- where, essentially, where you-, you know, it's probably a Twilight Zone episode, but <laughs> you know, it's all uh, uh, you know a mock of everything. But yeah, like yeah. it's just it's like this. Like it could very well be that we are kind of like a fish tank or like a Sims. Yeah, and like we're kind of just being sort of looked at and prodded and poked and think about it when you have an animal or you you're looking at fish in a fish, fish tank, right? Yeah. Like you know, oh, okay, I'm going to feed them or you know what? Oops, I'm going to you know, tap the glass a lot and like push it a little or whatever. That's kind of sadistic, yeah. but, you know. So I don't uh, <laughs> side note to all the animal all lovers, here. I definitely don't do that. Um, I created you. Love me. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you, I put you in this little box, love me. But it kind of, think about it. It's it's like, and then if you see one's not doing well, you might like go over, try to help it, bring yeah. it to the, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of to a degree, like, is that what's going on? Like, we, do, we don't know. We it could be know. like a video game too. I've thought about, I've heard this before with the simulation theory that um, how in video games, you know, when like things are not going well and you go to sleep, like you yeah. go to the, and you sleep and then you wake up and they have no recollection of what just happened. Mm. So like, are there, points where like you know you're getting somewhere and then the whoever or whatever is like nope don't like that reverse go to sleep do this and then start over and you don't even know <clears throat> does that make sense i don't know if that yeah it's 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 it's, it's like a it's save definitely point. possible um yeah. i think it's people can't look too literally and too in detail of this because it's like dude if there's a god like why you know why are there hungry kids and they're you know kids blown up and shit like that um you can't look too literally about it because you you can't do like a case by case basis it's just we're we're just trying to help you ask more questions so that way you're you're like more in comfort with yourself on you know whether simulation exists or whether you know you determine things for yourself um i myself uh like religiously speaking i'm I'm Christian, but like I'm a deist, which I believe deism is. Well, I, I can't say I'm a deist if I don't believe. I don't. I don't know what it is. But um, deism is like you believe in the higher being, the right? higher being. But like the higher being just lets you roam. There's no like divine intervention. They like you determine life for yourself, which is it's essentially a combination of uh, simulation and you determining life for yourself because they the celestial being puts you here, but you decide how you want to live your life. That's just that's just my take on it. Um, but curious, Craig, like, what's your take on like the whole matter? Mm. This this is a rabbit hole in itself. So I, um, I I don't believe in labels, and yet I feel like I've for for everyone else's comfortability, I feel like I have to put myself in a label so I can at least say I'm, this is the closest thing to what I believe. So, <laughs> okay. so I don't identify as, but I tell people I'm agnostic. Okay. Basically, it. <clears throat> It's I, I, I believe that there is, without sounding like Star Wars, I believe that there is a universal force that binds the universe together. I believe every element, going back into a scientific way, like every element in the universe exists within us and within uh, the Earth and the, and the universe. So we, we could have been created by accident. We, we are speckled stardust that fell to Earth and mixed with the, the cells and elements that were already here and, and mm. somehow cultivated life into what it is. Um, but as far as like actual religion, I don't believe in organized religion. So whether I believe in a higher power or not, or a personified man with a beard on a cloud, like that's, that's not what religion means to me. I think, uh, religions of the world are man-made regardless of what you actually believe about uh, where it came from. 
or, or oh, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago, that was the word of God. No, it, it was a man on earth giving really amazing, mind-blowing philosophies, great morals and suggestions on how to live your life, but they became warped and corrupted by man's influence. So all religions have it wrong, even though they have really amazing ways to suggest how we live our life and how we be nice to each other. I think you're absolutely right on that. I think, you know, I grew up Christian as well. I grew up very V Catholic and um, (laughs) I went through uh, parochial school my entire life until college. And I still went to a Catholic university. Um, But it's true, like all religions right at the core of it. The very, very core, if you could get to the very core, the tenets, the beliefs, um, the morals are great. Like if, you know, Jesus, Muhammad, anybody, Allah, whatever you want to say, like all of these like principles and beliefs of basically like the golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated, be respectful, that sort of thing. Fantastic. It's just this man-made for lack of a better word, bullshit, that they put over it. And then they start going, okay, um, men are the only ones that can talk to people and give out, you know, the body of Christ. Uh, nobody can get laid. Uh, no, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's like, once you start putting weird, like you start putting man-made thoughts into it, it gets really muddled and, and it becomes confusing. And I'm sorry, mom. And then if you don't 100% agree with exactly everything I say, even though we're reading the same book, then you're wrong and you're evil. So how, can, how can that be a, a positive yeah. thing to, to share with the universe? How, how are we supposed to be unified when at our core of what we identify with for our beings and our life that it's device, diversive, yeah. that, it, that it's, yeah. it's, it's counterintuitive? For those listening, you should definitely uh, listen to what the fuck Craig and Holly just said because it it you you can't disprove it. Like religion is man made; it did not come from a divine being. It is what that creator said, what that writer, what that person said. That whether they said it came directly from a revelation from the higher being or whether they just made it themselves, like they wrote guidelines and rules for people to live their lives as best as best as possible during that time frame and during the years, because that person can't live for a million billion years, that shit gets re uh, reevaluated, reassessed. It gets rewritten. Like mm-hmm. everything that we believe now is a mumble of people saying, fuck that let me write it this way. This is essentially like, if you think of like monotheistic religion, like Judaism came from Zoroastrianism, right? And then people like, there were a group of people that said, fuck that. Like we believe in this dude. And then it just, it just, it just pigeonholed into like people just saying, I don't believe that. Like think of like the, the reformation. I can write it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I can write it better. I don't believe this. Take this shit out. And due to the fact, like how I'm, how I'm relating it back to the, the, the general topic is that, Shit gets warped throughout the centuries, throughout the decades. So you should definitely take a listen to this podcast episode and really think about whether life is simulated. Because if you put all your marbles into the belief that everything is predetermined for us by a celestial being, then you're 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 denying. First off, you're denying science. If they can even say that fifty percent is like mm-hmm. it's possible that we're living in a simulated life, it's you're you're doing yourself a disservice. Science is a religion. And we kind of came up with this one last night too. So it's a method of explaining the unexplainable <clears throat> that. It's the empirical truth. Science is the empirical truth. It is by far the most 
neutral, non-biased look at both sides of everything. <laughs> it, Think about that. Like that's that. the difference. That's the difference. It's it's a neutral, unbiased look that we determine definitions, but yet it still answers. People are all searching for answers in life, but it's it's giving answers that people choose to or not to listen to. Exactly. Like, see, here's the thing. We talked about this last night, too. This was another piece that we talked about is that um, in Arizona, right? Um, shout out to Arizona. You guys don't learn about science. So, um, in their public school system. Um, uh, shout out to the Arizona public school system. Good job, friends. Um, no, but they, they, uh, sorry, is that sarcasm? Yes. Um, but they, a lot of in the, I know for sure in the elementary schools up to at least fifth grade, they don't learn science. They do not learn science and they learn creationism. Can you repeat that I, again? I had the same reaction. <laughs> I had the same. Oh, 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 like, <laughs> a, a Ming could even look it up if you, you know, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, they what? don't learn science in Arizona. It, growing, like there is, they learn creationism. Okay. Okay. So, talk about separation of church and state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, your 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 measurements and book of facts isn't true because I have this storybook of truth. Right. It's like that episode of Chappelle, like the Rick James episode of Chappelle, where he said like I didn't I didn't like put my foot on Eddie's couch, and then he had they had to reverse it for him to say the same. Like that's pretty big, dude. Like <laughs> like teaching creationism. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, and and we had a friend when we went to Arizona. We had a friend who was living there for quite some time, and she had told us. Wow. And I actually did not believe her. And then we looked it up, and we found out that this was this. They do not really support um, the science curriculum. It's fucking people. Um, so there there are people in Arizona, uh, according to this news article, uh, teaching creationism is supported, and they want to over oversee that education. That's. That's happening right now in 2020. So it's institutionally denying science. Yes. yes. And it's <laughs> okay. a, a, All right. regardless. And sorry, Arizona, I'm calling you out. You guys aren't that bad. Although like in the summertime, I, it's like hell on earth. So I don't know how you live there. But um, I mean, I'm just using Arizona as an example. But um, right. Science looks at both sides of things, right? Science will say, okay, um, you know, one side is saying, no, there, there's, there's creationism, oh my God, there's this, you know, and the other side saying, no, there's nothing or whatever. Let's just say two extremes. Science is gonna say, okay, I hear you neutrally. I hear you neutrally. Let's actually do the math and figure this out to figure, to, to determine what's actually true. And then they do the results, whatever the results is, they're like, here, I present 50, it. 50-50. Could be 50-50, <laughs> right? 50-50. Yeah, yeah. And so, the thing is, people on both sides will go, what the fuck? This is not, like, how dare you? And, it's, and science is like, hey, man, I just did the research. I'm not choosing a side. I'm telling you what I found. I did the data. I so, believe what I choose to believe. That's, <laughs> they correct. deny what the fuck is true. They didn't, they're denying. You are denying facts. This is where, like, fake news comes from. All this stuff. People are denying the truth and the facts. That's, that's another Futurama reference. Uh, you change the outcome by measuring it. That, there I you like go. That. You're, right. You're right. Hey, hey, you made me upset because you figured out what actually is true when I'm mad. It's like, hey, don't tell me the truth. I just want to believe what I believe. And that's the problem. That's honestly, I think that there is today, talk about a rabbit hole. Here we go. Today, I think a lot of people feel like, um, like they don't want to get their feelings hurt. So it's like, oh, well, I believe this. And the, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yes, that's OK. And it's like, no, it's not OK if that's not what the data really says. <laughs> like if science proves something, 
that's empirically the right answer. Mm. You just have to accept it or not accept it. And I mean, if you don't accept it, then you're wrong. So right. I mean, flat earther. <laughs> there are this flat. The only fear to fear, the only thing we fear is fear itself. Mm-hmm. Speak softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> that was FDR, right? The pun was sphere. No, I know. Sorry, that was just me oh, being a jerk. Sorry. Sorry. I thought it went over your head. I'm I sorry. think it did. I, no, no. The only thing is sphere, sphere, like the earth. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm dumb. That's that's the flat earther mantra no, right there. I literally oh. thought you were giving me the fear speech. No. I was like, oh, okay. That's literally why the I only- said a quote. I was just like, yeah, we say in quotes up. Okay. <laughs> Well, no, I definitely didn't hear it that way. The only thing we have <laughs> to fear is fear itself. No. no, now I get it. I actually really like that dad joke. That is yeah. like a classic dad joke. I told you Luna because like Luna's like, I don't know. It seems like besides wet socks, it seems like the number one thing that he despises is like flat earthers because like the, it, it's like science. You literally are displayed a globe, a globe, not a cube, not a rectangle. Like you're, you can't deny that the Earth is. Excuse like, me, but what about maps? Oh, oh it's flat. Oh, wait, I never considered that. I'm changing my view. But, <laughs> but seriously, um, how can anyone in their right mind really believe in in a loving, all powerful being when there is such thing as wet sock? Wet wet sock. <laughs> What sock is the worst feeling in existence? All right, I had to get that out. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Craig. When I got out of my car, we like when the show was done. There's actually a wet sock in the parking lot. Oh, like, my, yeah, because you ditch that shit right away. <laughs> if you're in the middle of a marathon and you get a wet sock, you will finish it in one shoe. Yeah, actually, Thank you, Ming, for putting up a a, a display <laughs> chart of all forms of wet sock. <laughs> Look and, at that one sociopath. And it's, just, it's a it's it's a sight of tragedy. Puddle. You've yeah, actually yeah, made I'm me stand in the puddle and continue this feeling. Craig, you've actually made me tear. Like just <laughs> it's like what song? It's it's so bad. It's, oh, it's no, you know what? It really is. I, it's I can't believe I'm going to agree with this, but yeah, it is <laughs> terrible because like when you're nothing's worse than when you're out and it's cold and you're like in your shoe in your oh. shoe and you step in a puddle and then it goes through to your and you're like this is it I end it I end it right here <laughs> have you ever had those days where you like <laughs> when everything's going wrong have, have your moment <laughs> it's so bad dude and like you go to like put your key in the door after like a really bad day and then you just like drop your keys and you're like lord this is where it ends <laughs> this is where this is where I have a mental breakdown this is it it reminds like when you're talking about the puddles you know working in New York you go and you know how like it's block to block and like you feel like the puddle is just enough for you to like jump over it but like or maybe like you put like you dip your toe in it mm-hmm. and then you, your fucking foot just like falls mm-hmm. right in it like <laughs> it's it's so no, bad dude but, fuck up your day but at, at least there you have the shock that you can like come down from it. it's like okay that was the worst possible thing could happen in an instant <laughs> but I'm, I'm gonna move on from this but yeah, the not wor- getting shanked on the street in new york <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting robbed no but but the, the worst is like when you just you didn't see a puddle that's just low enough and you think you 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 sidestepped it and then you continue your day and somehow that little bit seeps in and your sock is continually <laughs> growing in its moisture over the next hour and you're like fuck it's residual 
You know what sucks though is that when you're like in the city or you're out and that happens and you can't change it, oh. so you're just sitting at work or whatever with like just one foot just soaked in your. Oh, and it, God forbid, it's like a, a gray shoe or a gray, and then everybody's like, "What is wrong with you?" And you're like, "I don't want to talk about it." Well, so this was the rabbit hole we didn't expect. That was that was the most worthwhile because like we could all universally agree. Like, okay, viewers, Everyone. I mean, listeners at home, you know exactly. What you're we're like we're giving you non-biased, like critical thinking for you to like do for yourself. But we don't tell you to sway one way. But if you don't think that wet socks are a bad thing, you don't need to listen to this show. Sociopath. <laughs> yeah, that one you can at me at because that's wrong. You're wrong. wrong. So, um. So yeah, uh, question. All right, so we were talking about this, uh, Craig, over the phone. Now, if we think about life being predetermined, or whether it's a simulation. Now, how about something like again, alternate universes? Right, like one of my favorite movies mm. is Butterfly Effect, and in that movie, uh, for those that don't know, like Ashton Kutcher end up he lives a life, and then he finds that he sees like the outcome, but somehow like he wants to change things as they are. Which, in effect, like for the butterfly effect, when you change one thing, everything that happens after it is changed. And he lives through about like three, four, or five different life storylines, depending on like what he wants to do. Now, um, I forgot where I was going with this, but so. I guess the, the it's the idea that if any single moment can have that much of a ripple effect on the rest of your own future or history, how do we know that if if that one thing wasn't a little bit different, that the world wouldn't be different? And how do we know that there isn't that what, multiple universes. What if multiple universes was just a single butterfly effect moment that rippled in different ways, and those are the different outcomes? There's different versions of ourselves where, um, if if I didn't play softball one year, would I have met Holly? So it's wow. like, may, but maybe there's a universe where that didn't happen. We we both talk about how we uh, both had at one point in our lives uh, job opportunities in Massachusetts, and we didn't take them. And what if we either of us or both of us took them? There could be two worlds where I went and she didn't and we never met or and vice versa and we didn't meet. There could be an alternate reality where we both uh, left for uh, for Massachusetts and still met each other there. Wow. So w were we predestined to to meet each other? I think this goes back to kind of what we interrupted with the box uh, episode of oh, the Futurama. Futurama where it's like there are you know, I, I genuinely believe there are multi universes, like there's a multiverse um, and that there anything that could be and would be um, is is there. We just I don't know. And I, I do. Well, here comes my witchiness. Um, Ooh, sorry. Witchy woman. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. <laughs> um, my mom always says, actually, my whole there's like a thing in my family that these one section of women, the Irish holla, are um, all witches, which I have seen some weird stuff. So I, you know what, kind of believe it. Um, but uh, like, there are times where I feel like you ever get like deja vu. Oh, everybody, totally. yeah. I, you ever get deja vu? Do you? <laughs> what? Do you ever get deja vu? Um, but there are. That was good. Um, I I feel like those moments where we have deja vu or yeah. we where you have those moments where you're like, wait, I, I, I 
this is weird. Like, I feel like I think those are instances of like you're going between the universe. Mm. Um, I think and I know I'm not I'm not promoting drug use, (laughs) but I am saying that I do believe that drugs are also a, a way for people to get to feel the those moments of in between the, yeah. the you're, multiverses. You're, you're expanding your mental capacity into another realm that exists within this universe. Yeah. You're instead of containing oh, your brain inside your skull, you're feeling the mm-hmm. the energy around you and starting to think, oh, like I'm I'm what I don't want to steal what Frank said, but I'm gonna say it because I gotta give uh, Frank Allen some credit for this one. But but by smoking the earth, you're connecting to the earth. Yes. Yeah. And that from was a sober dust, thought. From yes. dust to dust. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's tying it back to religion. But I did want to say that was a sober thought. So. <laughs> but um, I, I think that that it, it has merit. I think like there are instances of like we, there really is. I really genuinely believe that there are. And I think science, again, has said that that's something that's more than likely out there that there are multi universes happening at the same time like we are there are different um you know us's in different places like maybe there's somewhere right like i'm living in the next town over or i'm living you know in france i'm living you know what i mean like there's just tiny things i think that almost like a butterfly effect like there's just little different pieces but they're all these Universes that uh, universe I universes universe I <laughs> I had a um just a, a, a thought when you when you were saying what if you had lived in a in a different you know town maybe the next town owner what if there's an alternate universe where all right let's say two alternate universes right the first alternate universe is a universe where there is colonization right and the French, the British, like all the European Mm -hmm. countries, they they colonize the African colonies. But what if there is an alternate universe of those African countries being rich, not from the colonization, but because of like all the the minerals and the rich, rich shit that they have, right? What if there's a, and what if there's an alternate universe of those European countries being colonized by African? What if white people were enslaved? Right? What if it was right? the opposite? Like what? Like what if there was a there was an alternate universe where the European countries they just had religion, right? And yeah. the African countries ended up um, fully using, like, utilizing all the resources and minerals that they have because minerals and resources are way more valuable than religion or guns. Because it's actually related to the makeup of the earth. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's. Think about it. If if we're if the if society or the economy were to collapse, what would be the most important thing that you would need? Gold, natural silver, resources. natural <laughs> resources. Yeah, yeah. Food. yeah. No, no. You're right. We got to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I need I need silver, gold, or I need my ore. Um, but like that's that's why I go. That's why fossil fuels and things they're natural resources. Like those are things that we genuinely coal. Yeah. Like these are things that if the grid were to go down this is what we'd need. Right. It's yeah. be- it's become a commodity so that we can trade paper bills and credit on a computer rather than trading the resource itself to provide for humanity. We made yes. it a checks and balances. So it's like, I'm not giving you slightly more coal for your less ore. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like right. a standard practice. Thank you, Chin Shang Wan D. All right. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> 
another callback. But yeah, I forgot that you guys talked about that. Yeah. So um, that was me. Um, I told him. So I mean, it, but that's I, I think that all of these things, it's something to really think about, right? Like that there are alternate universes yeah. where that could very well be that that is something that in Africa, they, they might be the wealthiest uh, uh, continent oh, yeah. in the world. It, if it, you it, look at it from that lens, yes. So it's not a matter of what resources exist where on the earth. It's what philosophy won mm. to mm. to create importance in our in the global life. Damn. Was there is there one where there it's a utopia? And what does that look like? Well, what is... everyone has a different definition of what utopia is. So there's no <laughs> such so thing as utopia. You know what? I've thought about this, too. Another rabbit hole. Here we go. Um, I, you know, I thought about that. If you were to, right, we all talk about, oh, I want world peace and everything, which I think is fantastic and I don't disagree. But I think about it and I go, okay, so if there was world peace and, and every, nobody was hungry, everybody, no murder, no death, no nothing. Then what? Bigger rabbit hole. Same, same shit, right? Let's say now we what? all let's say we all believe in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, let's say we're all we're all in heaven. We're all chilling. That would sound like that. Well, heaven would be just like that, right? Now, here's a question: Do you have recollection of your of your life on Earth, right? Because if you get into heaven and there's no war, there's no suffering, there's no mm-hmm. hunger and all that stuff, that is just life, right? Or does somebody just like go fucking apeshit and be like, yo, you remember that there were hungry people on like Earth? Right? Or you're yeah. we talking about like a utopia. Like that's your version of a utopia, right? Where like there's no there's no suffering whatsoever. Do you have survivor's guilt in heaven? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, like <laughs> dude, everyone like there should be no point of suffering right. in in a, in a paradise, in a perfect place. That would be utopia. Like I I hate to say it, but I would think that there would have to be some level of turmoil in any kind of universe. So even if you are a multi billion dollar CEO, if you are a player for the New York Yankees, there would have to be some kind of like I don't think every anybody will have a perfect life in a butterfly effect which is essentially what the butterfly effect showed to people despite your personal decisions for you to change the world around you and for you to improve everyone else's life there is going to be some kind of ripple effect where you're unhappy at some point in your life and what happened at the end of that movie that the only way that he could save the woman he loved was to not exist so he went back into the womb and killed himself as a fetus. <laughs> so, so but that's definitely the ultimate negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think he just had a shitty life feel due to circumstances. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, feel good film. But uh, the, um, <clears throat> I wasn't propo- like I wasn't proposing like taking yourself out. Like no, I was just I, like a point I was trying to say was for, there, for there's the no such thing as utopia. Right, negative right, right, right. still has to exist to the yin yang. Yeah, everything has to have a balance. Correct. So, as perfect and amazing and all the the great feels as the utopia sounds or is, but it still has to be offset by negative things. To and anything worth having is is uh, you have to struggle to get to. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't value the the beautifulness of it. Um, it's it, that's my pomegranate theory. So, oh yeah. So very 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 few foods in the world are so good but also good for you 
right? Okay. So, I mean, you know, steak and and for you, candy, like like there there are some amazing foods, but they're like at to a degree, it's like well, you can't have too much of it because it's bad for you, right? Whereas like you know, okay, so you, you can train yourself to like crave vegetables, but it's not like it's not enjoyable. It's not the same yeah. thing as eating like greasy fat food, you right? Know? Right, of course. So, but to me, I love pomegranates to a point of like oh i could eat them like pop them like they're skittles like i like mm. it's just so good but it's also a fruit that's good for you but yet they're fucking impossible to open it takes an hour and a half to to, <laughs> to get out all the seeds and without getting red smear all over yourself yeah. while doing it so no, but it's true. like to attain anything that's that pure enjoyment with no side effects you have to struggle to get to it otherwise you don't appreciate it wow yeah. That's 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 a good point. Um okay. Question for you. If there are alternate universes, multiple, right? Let's say Holly, you're you take all the alternate universes, the one you live right now with us at this conversation, you are the average of them all. Okay? Craig, same thing, right? Me same thing. If I say that we're the average, you don't know which the best, the best like alternate universe mm-hmm. is for you. You don't know the worst, right? This is a specific time frame. If you, Craig, if you're if you're 29 years old, Holly, if you're 27 years old, you don't know how much longer you you're gonna live, and mm-hmm. something bad happened to you. You could be paralyzed 40 years from now, mm-hmm. right? You could be you could be a multi billion dollar CEO, and something happened to you where you just live a life of regret. Like mm-hmm. later on in your life, that would seem to be one of the the, the low alternate universes. So it's it, it begs the question: Should you be satisfied with the life that you're living now? You don't know what is up. You don't know what is down. You know that you could be living better. You know that you could be li- living worse. Like I I'm a firm believer in the. Uh, there was a saying that said that if everyone threw their problems into a pile, you would jump in and grab yours. So. Hmm. You you combine all those different like alternate universes. Yeah, you combine all those alternate universes. You can see the problems that you live in those alternate universes, and maybe you end up keeping the same life that you're living, or maybe you move. Maybe you jump to a different one. You don't know. Well, I think I think that's a great. I like that that quote or saying that. Yeah, you said. I really do because it, think about it. Like if you are trying to live the life of somebody else, or you're idolizing somebody. I don't care if it's a celebrity or a person. You're trying to. You're not living. You know what I mean? You're not really, you're not, you're wasting the life you have. And, you know, how, however bad your life can be, I mean, it's always, it always could be worse or it always could be better. You don't know. Yeah. But the thing is, you're going to, if you spend all your time thinking about that or wishing you had X or wishing you had Y, you're wasting what you have here. And we, I don't know what the purpose is, right? Like, well, music, obviously, but <laughs> um, callback, but, you know, it still like you feel like it's it it would be really wasteful mm. and i just think you got to you got to just accept what you have and keep going you got to be hip you got to be you got to be yeah no no but i really i really dig that answer i really no, do i i think i mean i don't know about you craig or maybe javon but I, how do you guys feel about it that's my stance i i think you're right i think you you don't have the ability to ever know Mm -hmm. what your life isn't. So the only way to be happy is to accept what you have. How can you miss what you don't have? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Otherwise, wow. you otherwise you live in regret for things that could be. But you know what? What did, what did it say? Uh, something about um, uh, not about wanting things, but enjoying what you have. Like I'm bu- I'm butchering it. It's definitely it's, a, yeah. I'm, I think uh, conceptually, I, I, I okay. get what the hell you're saying. Um, but no, it, it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, Oh, it's funny, the pomegranate. <laughs> There's a video of how to open a pomegranate on. It's just funny. I'll be studying later. <laughs> so, all right. So since we're since we're talking about the all like kind of like alternate universes, just think about think about what ifs, right? What if I had done this? What if I had done that? What if I am at the right place at the right time? And Craig and I were talking about this last night where it came like back to sports, right? Like there's so many athletes out there. How is it that Derek Jeter just happened to be at the right place at the right time on every fucking occasion. Every single time. It's like, what are the... Okay, we didn't talk about this last night, but what are the odds that by the time that Derek Jeter was drafted, I believe George Steinbrenner was banned from baseball, right? Mm -hmm. George Steinbrenner always bought experienced athletes. His scouters um, were the ones that drafted... Derek Jeter, I believe, in maybe 1990. It was Gene Michael. When Gene Michael took over the team, he went from the scout to basically filling in uh, as GM when when Steinbrenner was suspended. Um, But he is the one that built that beginning core of, you know, Bernie Williams and and what eventually became Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, Mo Rivera. Like he that was Gene Michael that built that that. One of cool. the greatest teams, teams of, all of all time. Yes, yeah. yes. So you look at that, and what are the odds that, um, what are the odds that George Steinbrenner was banned from baseball at the time? What are the odds that Gene Michael was able to shut up Steinbrenner when he came back from trading away uh, rookie prospects, which is what Steinbrenner always did? What are the odds that five teams passed up? Uh, Derek Jeter. He was a sixth overall pick, I believe, in like the 1990 draft. What are the odds that he made it through the minor leagues? What are the odds that he had the home run with the Jeff? What are the odds that Jeffrey Mayer made it to the right field stands and caught the ball that ended up winning the game for the Yankees? The flip, the the um, last RBI in Yankee Stadium, last RBI in his career, 3,000 hits, a home run. Mr. Like, November. Mr. November. Every time there was the possibility of, of an occasion, he rose to it and superseded it, which is why everyone talks about the intangibles. Like, okay, you look at his stats, they don't maybe measure up with all the greats of all time, but yet uh, he, he's known for intangibles and he has the second highest amount of votes in the Hall of Fame ever. Ever. More than Tom Seaver. Uh, Mario. Mario, yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, more than Tom Seaver, more than Ken Griffey Jr., I mean, more than all Babe Ruth, like all these all time greats, it's Derek Jeter. Why? It's because. He, he he was he's not the hero we expected, but he's the hero we need, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's so true. Not the hero we deserve, but he's the hero he's we just, need. He's just always there. Like that shit, you can't coach. You, you can't coach, right? It, it, is it that he keeps <laughs> like how did how is it that he gets so many opportunities to rise to the occasion? But how is it that he always rises to the occasion? You know, so it's something unexplainable. Is it an accident? Is he the right man at the right time, or is, was it meant to be that New York needed a Derek Jeter for a core time? Do you know, as yeah. a, this is so kind of a little tidbit, but as a kid, he used to, like growing up, he used to say all the time, I'm going to be a shortstop for the New York Yankees. Like he would tell his wow. teachers and everybody. I mean, granted, how many kids say that? But the fact of the matter is this kid did it. He believed in it enough that he made it happen, which is why he was ready for the moment when wow. it happened. Every time. Every time. Every time. Like, 
it, it it's it says something when you have an athlete like Derek Jeter where you can't even recall a time where Derek Jeter failed. That says some shit. Like he always rose to the occasion, despite what it was, despite what kind of like ability you needed. Um, whether it's divine intervention, hey, you believe what you want, but the fact that people can't really recall a time where Derek Jeter failed to meet the to rise to the occasion that that says a lot. And like intangibles, like Craig said, like you cannot coach that. That's just you're you're born with that. Whether Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's Jeffrey Mayer. Yeah, to dive into the stands. It's just yeah, like that, that, that Mr. November when <clears throat> literally baseball had never been played ever in the month of November. The season got delayed because of 9-11. But so it's game five of the World Series and the clock just strikes midnight and it's extra innings baseball. So it's like the game wasn't even supposed to be in November. And he is the first batter to ever come up to bat in the month of November. And what does he do? He hits a walk off home run. Like, you can't write that. <gasps> yes. Thank you so much, Ming. I wanted to bring that up since since Craig brought it up. Okay. Um, I believe that by the time game five came around, uh, game four, oh, game I'm five. Sorry, game four. Game it four. was um, the Astros might have been leading two games to one at the time. So the, uh, the, the, the Diamondbacks. Oh, what we're did back. I say? The Astros? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. Well, we all hate the Astros. But I was supposed to say Arizona. I'm sorry. Arizona well, there you go. We're, so we didn't even know we were going to talk about this, and it came down to Arizona. <laughs> hey. so, so, so connected. In game, so in game four, the, the Diamondbacks were leading two games to one, and what happened in the ninth inning? The Yankees were down probably one or two runs. They hit a game-tying home run in New York two months after 9 11 to tie the game which is improbable and i want to say alfonso soriano got a game four hit now the next night the same closer that tried to that tried to close the game in the ninth inning ended up in the kim byung young kim he had the same exact situation he was up one or two runs in the ninth inning and the yankees did it again and that's why it struck midnight at 12 o'clock. It was November 1st, and Derek Jeter was able to get a game, like a, a, a walk-off home run. What are the odds that Scott Brocious and Tino Martinez had game-tying hits in the ninth inning at Yankee Stadium, a game after one another against the same fucking closer? Yeah, they, they had to they had to overcome insurmountable uh, uh, yes. disadvantages, unworldly obstacles odds. odds to get to that point that should have never even happened in the first place and he still rose to the occasion yes. when it happened <laughs> now one so one last thing I, I know we're getting to that or point accident. one last thing um as a yankee fan there is a belief in divine intervention and it's there, what yankees Yankee call magic yeah. the ghosts of yankee stadium that is that is what they believe in right is was Derek jeter predetermined to have that moment. Was Scott Barocious or Tino Martinez destined to have that moment? The the ghosts come out. That was the 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 mantra of Derek Jeter and other Yankee legends. They would say the ghosts will show up at some point. Yeah. Despite the what's going Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we we took it to sports and let you know that there are baseball gods, there are Yankee gods, and like the amount the circumstances for which some of these athletes perform to the highest level can end up being divine intervention. It could be predetermined. It could be just the intangible. Like, you can't coach the intangibles, which is, that might be the the part that you could determine for yourself. But, hey, there are baseball gods. There are Yankee Stadium gods that 
Maybe, but, maybe, but, but yet it's intangible and we'll never know. Right. That's the point. We, we, we define it as God. We define it as divine intervention because it's an easy explanation. It's mm-hmm. something we've all come to terms with saying, oh, that's something that exists. Okay, we can get behind that. So we don't have to examine it or define it. Instead but of we saying, don't know. Yeah. yeah, instead of saying that the Yankees have the most money in baseball and are fantastic scouts and know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, like, they, they, that, so, they, so they set it up to be in to the be, position yes. to attain the... On a t- or the intangible, you cannot here. deny. You know, people hate on the Yankees so hard because they are the best team in baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it Most the, the structure of the Yankees, the franchise. It's just phenomenal. You cannot beat it. So um, just just to key in all our listeners, we're literally watching the November <laughs> at bat in real time as we're continuing this conversation. So we're nine do, we're pitch at bat, yeah. at bat. You know what else drives me nuts about Derek Jeter? Um, he's such a nice guy. Like he's also like such a friendly guy. Like yeah. everyone talks about how nice of a person. Man, as my dad always says, when God smiles, God smiles. That's like. Exactly <laughs> like so it's it's true, and I mean he's like handsome, like. <laughs> Not fair. Yeah. All right. So I like I hope everyone was able to get something out of this. At least, you know, think about what we talked about today. You know, think about it within yourselves. Talk, discuss it with yourselves and just, you know, try to come up with something that makes you believe a certain way. That's that. That's all we're here for. We're not telling you to sway one way or another way. We're just presenting you information. As always, we're just presenting you information to make you think for yourself. We're not saying this is the correct path. It's just a sidewalk. <laughs> I love it. I really do. Um, thank you so much, Craig and Craig, always co-hosting with me. Thank you so much, Holly, for being the uh, special guest. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Um, we're we're almost at, there. It is. There it is. That's, geez. So, Unbelievable. So we'll leave you with this random thought of the day. Mint is just the spicy cold. (laughs) (laughs) It's just cold spicy. That's all it is. Spicy yet satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Spicy yet satisfying. Tell Uh, me that's not true. That's no, how it sure. feels to chew five it, gum. Enjoy your <laughs> your universal non secular holiday of Christmas this season. Of the not of just random objects like snowman and uh, snow falling and lights and it's non denominational. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you. Thanks.